0: Wish you could ask us your questions, share your can't-evens, or tell us your farm story out loud? You can now by calling and leaving us a voicemail. Call
1: 401-426-3276, which is 401-426-FARM. If you've been putting off typing your farm story because that's a lot of work, now you can just call us and tell us about it.
0: We love to play these voicemails on mini but obviously we'll still take your stories, questions, and can't-evens in written form as well. Bottom line, we just want to hear from you. So make sure you give us a call and leave us a
1: voicemail at 401-426-FARM. Oh, hey there, Bev. What you drinking today? So I am drinking a latte that I made with some espresso that one of my Instagram friends and a listener of the podcast sent me.
0: Oh, how fun.
1: Yeah, it was so nice of her. So uh, her name is Huey, and she sent me a bag of Cafe Integral, and I think it's pronounced dulcinea and it's like this it's a Nicaraguan espresso and it has like a spiced and like creamy taste to it and they mm-hmm. they call it fully washed and honeyed so I was like oh this feels like latte beans and I think I was totally right about that because I made it into a latte and it's <laughs> delicious so thank you so much for sending me that coffee it's amazing
0: <laughs> yum
1: So what are you drinking over there?
0: So today I am drinking Starbucks cold brew coffee and it's a concentrate um, Mm. and it's Madagascar vanilla flavored. And I didn't really know what to think about it because like you put like four ounces of the concentrate in, then you do like four ounces of water and I just kept it black. But it's delicious. Like the vanilla comes through enough. And it's, like, I think maybe, like, 15 calories for a serving or something like that. Uh, So, it's pretty much guilt-free and delicious. So, it was a good find.
1: Nice. Yeah. So, our drink peep this episode is
0: nobody. Nobody! We still have a spot open. Like, this never happens that a spot is open for more than, like, maybe a couple days. So, if you want to support the podcast you can go check out the whole drink peep thing and we say your name once a month and you sponsor a drink so go to patreon.com slash drink and farm to check that out so i guess we should say welcome to the dive bar yeah we should yeah welcome to the dive bar and today we're gonna talk about why and how to cold stratify seeds fun It's such a fun topic and an important (laughs) topic
1: because if you're like a newer gardener or if you're a gardener that has never decided to plant something that required cold stratifying, like you might be going, what the heck are you talking about?
0: (laughs) I mean, that was me when I picked up a packet of lavender seeds and it said cold stratify six to eight weeks before the last frost. I'm like, what the hell does that even mean? Why do I have to do an extra step? Like, I'm already a super noob with the whole garden thing, and I don't want to. But today, we're going to take the guesswork out of cold stratification, and spoiler alert, it's really not that big of a deal.
1: Yeah, it's really not. But many wildflowers, like, especially native varieties of wildflowers have clever mechanisms in place that help protect them from germinating too early in the spring or too late in the summer so that's why cold stratification is going to be so important
0: <laughs> yeah that's actually really really cool like <laughs> natural technology that they right. do that to protect themselves But these kinds of varieties of seed reseed naturally in the wild and stay dormant until the proper time for them to start sprouting.
1: And as more and more gardeners are seeing the benefits of growing native varieties in their landscapes, with this simple technique of cold stratification, you can easily add these kinds of flowers to your regular gardening repertoire in the spring.
0: So why not just go ahead and like try to cheat the system and sow the seed without doing the whole cold stratification thing? Well, while many annual varieties like zinnias and sunflowers have soft shells, and can simply be sprinkled on bare soil in the spring. Some perennials, especially like these native wildflowers, have a hard coating that helps protect the outer shell from breaking and sprouting too early, like we mentioned before. And we've all experienced an unseasonably warm spell in the middle of like January or February, but this mechanism helps prevent the seeds from being tricked into coming out of dormancy until it's just the right time. So the good news for gardeners is that natural cold stratification needed for a germination can be forced with just a few materials, water, a refrigerator, and some patience. And the hardest thing for me to find is the patience.
1: <laughs> me too. Gosh,
0: I got that refrigerator
1: thing down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> me too. So if
1: you're planting native wildflowers or varieties of plants that require cold stratification in the fall... This step is like totally not necessary. Nature will do what it does best during the winter months and cold stratify the seeds for you. So this cold stratification thing can be done naturally basically by putting the seeds in the garden in the fall. And then like mother nature does all the hard work for you. But you don't always know where you want to plant stuff in the fall. right? (laughs) So this allows you to not have to plan so far ahead And still get
0: these types of plants in your garden grown from seed. Yeah, so with the seed packets, there are actually quite a few native varieties that should be cold stratified before planting in the spring. And there are several perennial and native seed varieties that need to be manually broken from dormancy in order to sprout and thrive in your garden. So if you're planting native seeds and aren't sure, chances are you'll want to go through this cold stratification process and soak your seeds before planting. Okay, so there are some common varieties that require cold
1: stratification for spring planting. Some of these are flowers. There are even, like, some fruits and stuff that really require cold stratifying. So we'll just read a few of the, like more common ones but there's going to be a link in the show notes to our sources for this episode and you'll be able to see a full list there so milkweed is a huge one everyone Mm -hmm. is super in to saving the monarch and wants to plant milkweed in their garden well if that's you you need to cold stratify the seeds before you plant milkweed if you just put them out there they're not going to make it lupine is another one that's really popular right now and saint john's wort that's an excellent medicinal plant to add to your herb garden and is also like hugely popular for those of you that want to be like more into like folk herbalism type of stuff cone flowers awesome for the bees and for natural pollinators uh let's see perennial sunflowers is one i don't have any perennial sunflowers here but those would be super cool wild geraniums uh-huh. all the cone flowers i think i already said cone flowers <laughs> That's okay. Cone flowers are like super huge. So I love those things. Those are great for herbalism too, by the way. Lavender is one. And hyssop. Hysip is from a similar family. So yeah, those two have to be cold stratified first. I have tried to plant lavender seeds without cold stratifying first. Doesn't work.
0: (laughs) No, it doesn't. And that's actually the seed packet that I came across where I was like, oh, dang it. Why do I have to do this extra step? So thanks to lavender You're all learning from my woes of seed starting. (laughs) (laughs) And
1: catmint is one. Catmint's a really popular herb too. And also strawberries. So yeah, my first adventure in cold stratifying was in strawberries. And I'm actually really excited to share that I have plants in containers that will give me strawberries this year. This will be their third season, which is really exciting. So like basically three years ago, I cold stratified some strawberries and planted them from seed in my office. And now I have plants (laughs) that are going to give me strawberries. So it's like, this was the long
0: game. (laughs) Yes. All right. So what do you need in order to cold stratify? It's actually an extremely easy process. And once you've done it, you'll like get the hang of it. It's not going to be a big deal. The first step is obviously to get the materials you need, which you probably already have. And if you don't, it's just a quick trip to the store. You'll need your seeds, an all-purpose sand mixture and or peat moss, paper towels, water, plastic Ziploc bags, a Sharpie or a pen to label the bag, mixing bowls, and of course your refrigerator. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Sweeter Heater. Sweeter Heater is a safe alternative to heat lamps. It has no hot spots, develops a uniform heat pattern, and has a three-year warranty. Sweeter Heater is designed to warm the
1: animal, not the environment, and is fully adjustable to maintain the ideal comfort level for your animals. Sweeter Heater's soft, safe, gentle, infrared, radiant heat has been tested
0: and proven by customers since 1995. So go to sweeterheater.com and use code DRINKINFARM to get 15% off one or more heaters. That's sweeterheater.com with code DRINKINFARM, all lowercase.
1: All right. So now let's talk about the process of cold stratifying. So once you have all your materials gathered up, there are three different methods you can use to cold stratify your seeds, and all of these methods work equally well, but they basically offer up different ways to keep the seeds moist in your refrigerator until it's time to plant, and here
0: are those methods. You said moist. I just want to point did. that out for the <laughs> listeners that don't enjoy that word. <laughs> All right, so in order to keep those seeds moist, (laughs) method number one is just sand and water. So you'll place a quarter cup of sand or more into a mixing bowl. Slowly add water until you can form a ball with the sand water mixture. Add your seed amount to the sand and mix thoroughly. Place the sand seed mixture in a Ziploc bag and seal. You'll wanna make sure you label the variety and the date clearly on the bag And you'll place in the refrigerator for one month before planting. If seedlings start to sprout in the bag in the refrigerator, remove right away and either plant in the ground or in pots until it's time to plant outdoors.
1: All right. The second method is super similar to the sands method, but we're going to use peat moss instead of water. Peat moss is a super common additive like for raised garden beds or those Mm. of you using soil blocks. So a lot of people are already going to have some peat moss on hand, which is kind of handy. So what you'll do is you'll place a quarter cup of peat moss into a mixing bowl and slowly add water until you can form a ball with the peat moss. And then you'll add your seeds, mix thoroughly, put them in a plastic bag just like you did with the sand mixture. Label the variety and the date clearly because you don't want to mix all your bags up. And then place it in the refrigerator for one month before planting. If seedlings start to sprout in the bag in the refrigerator, just like with the other method, you need to take them out and plant them in pots until they can go outside. Or if the weather's fine enough and they can go outside, put them into the garden. But if you leave them in the refrigerator, they will rot, get all yucky and die. So don't do that. Yeah, don't do that.
0: All right. Last method. Number three, soak your seeds for one to two hours. Use a paper towel or coffee filter to drain the water. Spread seeds out in a single layer on a piece of paper towel. Wrap a dry paper towel around the damp paper towel to keep things moist but not too wet, which will become really moldy if you don't do that just right. Then you'll place your Ziploc bag and seal, label the bag and date it clearly. So again, you don't get things mixed up. And then this is like the same time frame with the month before planting. If the seeds start to sprout again, get them out of the refrigerator, plant them indoors or put them outside. If it's time to do that because mold is not your friend. No, it is not. <laughs> and you know, so I
1: just want to share that when I did my cold stratifying for the strawberries, What I did was I actually just took the seed packet and threw it in the freezer. (laughs) So I didn't do like any of the stuff to like make sure that the seeds stayed moist. So I don't know if it was a fluke that my strawberries actually worked. Maybe I would have had better germination rates if I had followed the directions. I don't know. But I experimented with that and it worked. So I thought I'd tell you guys about it. I make no guarantees that your seeds will actually sprout. method. But, like, if you are listening to this and you're like, oh, crap, like, I can't wait four weeks, you can give that a try with a few of your seeds. I wouldn't do it with the whole packet. But try it with a few and see if you get germination. And if it works for you, then great. If it doesn't, you might have to go for one of these longer methods. Yes. Um oh,
0: but I put it in the freezer for just like three or four days. It wasn't a long time. So if anybody's feeling like a little bit of scientific experiment <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. You can do one of the one of the methods that this article suggests and then maybe also do Bev's method and then let us know <laughs> mm-hmm. how it works out for you. But when it comes time to plant, depending on what seeds you keep most of the time, that four to five weeks is going to be a sufficient amount of time before you plant. So once there is no more chance of frost in your area, you'll take the seeds out of the fridge and spread the seed on bare soil as normal. The simple quick process of cold stratification will help the seeds germinate quicker and grow more readily in your garden bed. So that's it, guys.
1: That is... it how you cold stratify your seeds. So
0: mystery solved if you've mystery been scratching solved. your head yeah, what to do with those lavender seeds. <laughs> yes, like what the heck, man. Whew. All right, so make sure you hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen. This helps more people like you find us. And leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts because if we read your review, you'll be
1: entered into a monthly drawing for a free coffee mug that is not and will never be in the shop. And do
0: us a favor, and if you share this episode over on Instagram in your stories, make sure you tag at Drink and Farm. We will send you a promo code with a percentage off for some merch in our shop when you do that.
1: And make sure you take a look at the show notes for links to the sources we used today, our social media, our merch shop, and all of the other fun stuff. So
0: that's it. We hope yeah, you guys enjoyed. It.
1: Thanks for joining us at the Dive Bar today. Yeah, and until next time. Drink, farm, and give zero zero clucks. Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things, we farm things. We drink and farm things. If you're wanting to responsibly start a backyard flock or expand your existing barnyard party, we highly recommend
0: checking out My Pet Chicken. You can order day-old chicks and waterfowl, chicken supplies, hatching eggs, and there's a wealth of information on their website. I love how I can mix and match all of the breeds that I want with no per breed minimum. I totally got 18 different breeds a couple years ago, and they all arrived happy and healthy.
1: So go to mypetchicken.com slash farm to put in your chick, duckling, or gosling order. That link lets them know that we sent you, and it's a great way to support our podcast and fulfill all of your poultry addiction needs.